0: Podcast. Here's
1: your host, your guy, your shining beacon of liberty. Hello everybody. Yes, Brian McWilliams is back with you for another very special, very special edition of Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. As you guys know, there was a CNN town hall, the second CNN town hall for the Libertarian Party with uh, Mr. Gary Johnson and his Siamese twin, Bill Weld, stuck to him, or I guess you could call it a, a guado situation where Bill Weld's kind of mutating out of Gary Johnson's stomach type of deal. So we've got to look at it. we got to break it down. Now, for those of you at home, this is Lions Liberty episode 234, which means you can find it at lionsofliberty.com forward slash 234. And you can find all the archives for Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood at Lions of Liberty forward slash Gary. Now, I'm not going to do this alone. I'm terrified to fly solo. So I brought in our, uh, our very special legal counsel. You might know him. You might love him.
0: His name is Rico. What's up, Rico? Hey, buddy. No one loves me, but thanks for the sentiment.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, and I'm hoping someday, like kind of like a prison pen pal program, one lucky <laughs> listener out there will start just, just taking you under her wing and start sending you little love notes and maybe, you know, carve your name into her arm, something.
0: <laughs> We're hoping for the same thing. Yeah, something sweet. <laughs>
1: Here we go. All right. So as people who have heard this show before know, we take a look at the different issues that have been addressed. So typically we look at things that are going through the news media. Today we're going to run down the topics that were brought up during the CNN town hall. It might be a little bit longer of a show. We're going to try to buzz through them pretty quick. Now, for things that we say, okay, Gary did a great job expressing the ideals of liberty or Bill Well did, doesn't happen as much, but or Bill Well did, we give it a Johnson. But for stuff that we think, ah, that's just a just a fat boot of crap, like putting your foot right in a boot just full of dog crap that we give a John soft to. So Rico, are you ready to burn this town hall
0: to the ground? Well, I have an issue with uh, your rules because I don't know that Gary has ever done a great job of expressing the ideas of liberty. So we can make this a real short show and just say John's off. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Uh, That's
1: so true. God, you know, although I'd say uh, overall, I will say that I think this one was a vast improvement over the last one. Now that's not saying much, but, you know, I mean, they, they at least came across as less awkward. Like it started off pretty awkward again, but it got less awkward as it went along. And I think they're kind of finding their, their groove a little bit. Now that still doesn't mean they're expressing the ideals of liberty or communicating them that well, but still it's, it's better.
0: And Weld is not a libertarian at all, so. Oh, not, not even close. Not even close. There's no even hint or pretense of it anymore. I, I don't know why there's an L next to his name, but apparently he he raises a million dollars a day. I think he said that at that, some point in time. during. He did, yeah. Which well, did make sense, because they just said, well, you've raised one million dollars in the last month, and then he goes, oh, I raise a million dollars a day. Well, where's that money going, Bill? It's just, he's just
1: been, he's literally called one day. He's like, yeah, you know, I put in my time one day. We I call my Very very rich aunt, and that's it. Like, well, yeah, I I don't know how they get that number either. Yeah, Bill Weld, he's like, I love fundraising. He just loves talking to people and his fiery face all worked up. Yeah. By the way, did you notice that they now they've completely dropped saying. Fiscally conservative, socially liberal, and now they every time they say socially inclusive. Have you noticed that?
0: I did not notice that. That's a good uh, pickup point. Yeah, they
1: they love to do that. I guess maybe people were like people like us were crapping on them for saying liberal all the time and and just how annoying it was. But all right, so let's let's get into it. We don't have time for this. Here we go. <laughs> we
0: don't. I got nothing to do. <laughs>
1: the people probably the people listening to this have nothing to do either. Uh, all right, so. Here we go. First topic, Rico. Now, uh, you know, Anderson Cooper talked about how this is the uh, you know, they they had to have this town hall because it was basically the people demanded it. The third parties are so popular. And the first topic that they really got into is how Clinton was, quote unquote, beholden to people. And those people, of course, being, I guess, People that uh, had her husband in to give a speech or people that she was beholden to to give certain contracts to, like Uranium One. So, Rico, what did you think about Gary's answer to that?
0: I kind of liked it. Um, He finally... At least started to call out Clinton a little bit on her shadiness. Um, I think at the last town hall, he's like, "Oh, I'm not going to throw stones." Blah blah blah. Which
1: he but, said again in this one, by the way.
0: But th- he did say that again. But <laughs> he, then he kind of did throw the stones. So he did a little bit. He
1: threw he threw a couple of pebbles. At
0: least he put her down and called her out, just a smidge. You know, he said pay to play. Yeah. So he, he's pointing out it, it's cronyism. That's what she does. Um, and then, of course bill uh sidestepped the whole issue to to me he just they they after gary spoke on it they asked bill well what do you think and he just he well, i think he loves hillary because he just doesn't say a bad word about her but then he kind of went into trump a little bit so oh,
1: totally no yeah it's exactly. a mixed bag yeah i agree i think gary so it's a mixed bag so you're not giving it a grade I'll give it a grade. I'll, I'll let me. I'll tell my point. So I think that agreed. I think he he went after her more. That was good. At least he did say like to point out. Yeah, she's basically giving contracts to people that are having Bill Clinton speak. That ain't right. Cronyism. And Weld mentioned the one point two trillion tax increase for her plans. But you know, like you said, Weld stopped himself. He didn't go any farther. And and Gary, and I'm going to tie this into a later topic too because he came back around on this too. And was later on – I'll tie these into the same topic. Might as well. So later on, a libertarian who was leaning towards Trump – which, by the way, who the hell are these people?
0: Yes, I I was listening to that. I'm like, what the fuck libertarian is leaning towards Trump? Seriously. Who is this
1: guy? I don't understand it. I I mean, exactly. Who is this plant? Who is this Trump plant that's in there trying to win the Libertarian Party? But they asked Gary about the Clinton emails, or he asked Gary about the Clinton emails, and, you know, what do you think that should have been done? And, of course, Bill Weld, in typical Weldian fashion, said, well, you know, there was, there was inefficient uh, evidence of criminal intent, and, you know, I don't, I, would, I don't think any prosecutor would have done it. You know, of course, I'm sure he's texting Hillary Clinton eggplant emojis afterwards, you know, did I did, do good, baby, the kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, Gary, then, also, he goes, you know, They asked him, like, do you understand why 64% of voters find Hillary untrustworthy? And he says, oh, I totally understand it. Yeah. And he goes, but, you know, I'll leave that to others. You know, it's like, dude, grow some fucking balls and go after her. You get you're you're giving a platter. It's got a piece of cake on it. And the cake is Hillary's stupid
0: face. Take a bite out of Hillary's face. Seriously, Anderson Cooper had to be like, how much more of a softball can I give you guys um, swing the bat, come on, go after yeah. it a little bit, please. And he also, you know,
1: he gave her a pass on ISIS because he's talking about, oh, well, you know, I blame her for the foreign policy and what happened in Libya and Syria. And he goes, but, you know, I mean, you know, sure, that you know, our enemies, ISIS, people that align with ISIS ended up with arms, but, you know, you can't, uh, you know, you can't know that, not intentional. It's like, oh, and you're giving her an out now too. You're pointing out exactly what she did wrong. And now you're going to give her an out for that, you freaking puss.
0: Exactly. Everything he says, or most things he say, just seems so wishy-washy. So he did slightly better, but if he had an F last time, I'd give him like a D-plus here. It's just not good enough.
1: So then it's not good enough. So what does that mean? What is it, Rico? Well, I'd say it's a John's off. John's off is right. You know, just like you said, a D-plus, maybe you're passing, but you're not doing well. That's still a John's off in our book. So let's move on to another topic. Actually, while we're, I'll, I'll go I'll jump around order wise, but we'll we'll shift a little bit to a topic that Anderson Cooper broke up. You mentioned that Gary was wishy-washy, and Anderson Cooper actually pointed that out. I mean, didn't say like to his face, "Hey, you're a wishy-washy little little bitch," but he did say, uh, "You know, hey, maybe you know, Gary, you kind of say maybe I'm wrong, and perhaps, and I've never heard a candidate say that before." Now, do you remember what he said in that instance, Rico? Did you have a note on that?
0: Um, I don't remember exactly what he said. No, I didn't. I I remember I wasn't thrilled by the answer because I thought it was, again, a softball. And he could have been, you know, his response could have been like, yeah, it's because I don't think, you know, the government knows everything. So that's kind of our platform is the government is not the all knowing uh, overlord of, you know, what you should think and do. Um, but he didn't do anything like that.
1: No, he just kind of did a that oh shucks uh, Gomer Pyle s kind of well. Is uh, what is it If you if, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Which is, I swear, it's literally out of like making you know, like, <laughs> Gomer Pyle Macon. So and then, but you know, oddly enough, he actually the crowd liked it. Anderson Cooper was like giggling and what? clapping. I think and like I think by the way, I think Anderson Cooper's going to vote for him. I I <laughs> shit you not, he was pretty into them during this.
0: Yeah, at least he gave some sort of memorable quip there, though. I'll give him credit for that because you know he's not exactly a dynamo personality all the time. Nah. Certainly, Weld's not. So, and and that, you need a little bit of that. You need to like get the crowd to say, "Hey, you know what? I, I, he's a likable guy. He's funny. He's charming. Whatever." Yeah. So. And it
1: is interesting. I mean, when you think about it, and I remember on our on our forum, which you can go to the forum, by the way, uh, which we have uh, we host town halls there and and, uh, and we'll talk about them. So you could go to uh, on our Facebook page, Lions of Liberty Forum. Feel free to join. If you're not a psychopath, we'll uh, we'll let you right in. But people were saying that, you know, Johnson, he's saying perhaps and that's not good. But I agree with you. I think that in truth not being not not coming across as like a trump where you're just like this is a (laughs) you know it's like you're i like that he said i don't know everything and i think part of the part of the way you should go about leading is to admit when you have mistakes so you can correct them and i think his exact quote was uh the the fastest way to quick a mistake is by admitting it and then you can get to fixing it so i like that too man
0: i'm gonna give it a johnson Okay, well, it's a very minor point. So I'll agree with you and say John's on. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> all
1: right, so let's let's get back to the comments about Donald Trump. What did you think about the Trump comments that were said?
0: Well, well, uh, said he had a screw loose. I I guess that was a comment that made all the news. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's Got their names in the paper and on the uh, you know in the news. Trump has a screw loose. He's eh, it was I mean, that's good little quip again, I guess. Um It got a good laugh. Is, I mean it, I, it,
1: I will say I, I was shocked to see I never thought Weld was gonna be the funny guy and Gary was gonna be the straight man, but that seems to be the way this thing is playing out.
0: That's a pretty sad state of affair. If Bill Weld's the uh, slapstick of the the duo,
1: I usually it's the dummy that sits on the lap that's telling the jokes. So it's just <laughs> shocking to see <laughs> that they situation. <laughs> Somebody tell these vaudbillions to get their act together. All right, never anyway, mind. What are you saying?
0: But uh, I don't think they went after the the Republicans enough. If you're going to slam Trump, there. Um, you got to kind of court the Trump voters too, and it seemed like most of their responses were trying to get people dissatisfied on the left to vote for them. You know, pointing out where Hillary wasn't great, uh, which is good, but you know, to have any chance at you know fifteen percent or higher, whatever their goal is, you need to get the you know go after Trump on all the points. So I, I don't think they went after Trump enough, but they did have that little bullet point yeah and, uh, and
1: gary had a good point too he talked about the tariffs i mean he really didn't talk uh, to your point he didn't really talk much about trump and uh, the one thing he did mention was the tariffs you know who pay who pays for that which is good it's a it's a solid point but i agree with you they really did not appeal to the trump crowd as much as they really could have they talked a little bit about balancing the budget but for the most part i think this i mean it really focused on a lot of The foreign intervention, terrorism stuff, and then kind of civil liberties and and that kind of thing, I think a lot more than it did focus on uh, anything that's really on the conservative spectrum. I mean, they they touched upon maybe this is a good time to touch upon uh, the religious liberty stuff, because that's a very conservative topic. So.
0: Really? Yeah, they brought up the Nazi cake again.
1: They did. They didn't say Nazi cake, but I did they say Nazi? No, I don't think he Maybe. actually said I it. I don't remember. But he did exactly bring up basically. the cake. Yeah, they did bring up the cake. And uh, and Anderson Cooper also brought up Gary's quote, which he's getting a ton of to press for, saying that religious freedom as a category is a black hole, uh, <laughs> which, I mean, oh, I don't know. That's one of those things you say. Why, Gary, why would you ever say that in the first place? Because there is, I mean, especially if you want any shot at any of these conservative voters, they're clearly going to object to that. But also just in general, that's the the whole religious freedom thing has been a point of contention with libertarians, obviously, because Gary Johnson is saying you should still be able to force people to bake a cake. And he didn't back down from that. You know, he's like he he actually, in my in my opinion, really took a horrible tact into saying, well, that's the law. You have to sell the cake. That's the law." It's like, well, that's not a good answer. Just because it's a law doesn't mean that it's the the proper law it just means that enough people pushed it through. And that's now the law because, uh, you know, a vocal minority said it has to be.
0: Yeah. Good. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, man. Well, the, the note that I wrote on it, 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 what he said is no discrimination allowed. And there's a, definitely a, a difference between government discrimination and you know, private discrimination, and perhaps you can frown on uh, private discrimination as, you know, a moral flaw, but as what the government should be involved in, who people should, you know, have to associate with or do business with, you know, that's overstepping the, the boundaries of government. And that's, it's a clear place to distinguish where you are different than republicans or democrats and saying look government is not going to micromanage your life you know if you don't like something um you know the, you vote with your your wallet you know you don't have to uh, find it or you know frequent that establishment or whatever but it's a private matter and government is not going to be in every aspect of your life so again i, I just." I don't like the message he's kind of delivering.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Weld is fond of saying, we're going to get you out of the boardroom or get government out of the boardroom, and out of the bedroom. Well, this is in the boardroom. I mean, these are most of the time, these are small businesses that are affected except for like, like Hobby Lobby is the only, I guess, real biz- big business exception, but usually it's small businesses, but still you're in the boardroom. If you're forcing people to do something and to accept customers in, you know, if, if they don't want to serve, that is being in the boardroom. And, Here's my big problem with this stuff, too. Like, these types of laws, and again, I, I wrote that same note down, Gary, allow for that kind of discrimination. We, yeah, we don't want to pass a law that allows for it. But if there are laws that say you can't discriminate about this, uh, against this certain people, you can't do this and that, that's so easy to manipulate that law for personal gain, for vengeance, have a misunderstanding, and have a court case about it and ruin someone's business. Where, look, if someone's honestly distri- discriminating against you— it should be easy enough for people to test out the test out that theory. You know, if you're gay and you go in a bakery, and they won't make cake. And you say, "Hey, uh, just to make sure, gay friend, go in and order a cake. Just see if they make a cake for you as well." Now, if they don't make the cake again, okay, discrimination. But. To bring government in, I just think adds all these layers of bureaucracy and court cases and lawsuits on top of everything else. And it's just adding it to the situation where it's, it's just not needed, especially in today's society with social media and Yelp
0: and everything. Yeah, that uh, was just what I was about to say is there's so many other avenues to kind of shed light on a, a business that you don't agree with. And a business that's going to discriminate is not long for the business world. You know, they're not going to last. Likely. So there's your answer. They're going to go out of business and that takes care of that problem.
1: Bingo. Well, I'd say that this is a John's off.
0: I agree. John's off as well.
1: All right. What should we talk about next? Here's a quick one. Now, they talked about I had a note before before the CNN town hall was announced, which, by the way, CNN, who announces a town hall two days before it airs? What the hell's wrong with you? Give us give us a little notice. But I wrote down a note. Drew Carey, Ohio's own, Drew Carey. Oh,
0: and where does he live now? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's we been back to Ohio <laughs> in
1: 15 years. He's, there. he's moved everybody, he moved his entire family out of the state. So, but he hosted a libertarian fundraiser in Bill Weld. They raised like $100,000, which is great. But during the like I read a story on it and in the story, Gary Johnson, like somebody at the fundraiser asked Gary Johnson about Supreme Court nominations. And he goes, oh, well, you know what? That's I leave that up to Bill Weld. And I was like, that's idiotic. Like, Actually,
0: you- I, Yeah, I made a note about that, too, where they asked about Gary about, you know, you, you probably might have an opportunity to name two or three Supreme Court justices. He deferred it to Weld and Weld said, I would look. Yep. Wait, what? The vice president is putting forth the nominees for the Supreme Court?
1: Apparently so. It's the new paradigm, man. They're introducing it.
0: So did when they sat down to divide up their duties was Gary just like, well, if I get elected president, I just don't think I'm gonna have time to go through the Supreme, <laughs> Supreme Court candidate. They just,
1: I- pick a, <laughs> they just took a hat, they just wrote down jobs and they pick them out at random and that's just <laughs> so gonna like, do it. Bill, uh, yeah, it looks like Bill Weld's also in involved. he's in charge of the nukes. Supreme Court and the nukes. I got <laughs> in charge of uh, education. I'll be overseeing
0: school lunches. and <laughs> Gary uh, just snapped his fingers like, shit, I really wanted that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can we redraw Bill? No, no, Gary, only three redraws we agreed. By the way, do you think that they're going to replace you know, like the presidential march, like that song? I anticipate if they win, that that song is going to be replaced with the uh, the commercial for my buddy. You know that song?
0: My My buddy,
1: buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, and me. I do remember that song. That's what we played. But you have to imagine it played really uh, like, you know, really profoundly by an orchestra.
0: Could they make a commercial? Do you remember the commercials? They had, like a clubhouse and like one kid would pop out of his head out the window and the other kid would pop his head out the door. Oh, yeah. We need that that. Would be like a little toy. You know, come on, Gary and Bill. Weld. that needs if to be the going, next commercial. Campaign commercial, gold right there. Has to be.
1: Has to be. So anyway, so getting back to the Supreme Court, they re-doubled re down on that tonight. Asked again. Somebody asked about it. You know, who's going who's gonna to name the Supreme Court justice? What do you look for in Supreme Court justice? Qu- Supreme, Supreme Court justice. Justices. Oh, God. And they said, yep, yeah, look for somebody who follows the Constitution. And then he goes, Bill's got some thoughts. Like,
0: (laughs) you know what? I forgot what Bill Weld even said after he said, I would look, I was just so blown away about like, you're not even going to have a pretense of running this by the the man elected president.
1: Nope. Absolutely not. Does not care. It was,
0: it's amazing. (laughs)
1: Uh, So frustrating. Um, All right. That's, so that was a, uh, I mean, obviously a John's off. I agree. John's off. Yeah. All right. Let's give. how about a little let's see. How about a little love? You wanted to talk about Gary's answer on guns. So why don't you talk a little bit about that?
0: Well, I uh, believe and uh, I'll just preface this by stating that almost all of the people asking questions from the audience I uh, disliked. <laughs> you know, there was maybe a few that weren't horrible.
1: There's, there's one we'll save for the end that I really liked, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, I know where you're going with that one. But yeah, the, so the person asked, "Well, should you be able to buy?" I think he said eight K 47s and and Gary Johnston correctly pointed out, "Look, you know, some of the weapons you're talking about are already illegal. You can't buy automatic or fully automatic weapons." One. Uh, he pointed out it, it is a misunderstood issue. And even if you went about outlawing the guns, there's, I think the number he used was 30 million. So even if, say, 15 million people uh, turned in their guns, you're still creating a class of criminals that has not necessarily done anything wrong. You know, just because they bought a gun legally and now you're going to say it's illegal, they become a criminal if they hold on to their property. Right. Uh, so I, I liked to, his answer. I thought was pretty good on that.
1: Oh. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was pretty good. And I, it, it, he could have gone a little deeper. I find most of his answers I want him to go a little bit deeper on for the most part. But he does Like make his a,
0: fiance. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I forgot he mentioned his fiance during the <laughs> debate or this uh, town hall. Um, okay. But. Yeah, I I, I, th- I wanted to go a little bit farther on that, but he did get across a pretty good message. And again, doubling down on the fact that you will turn mass amounts of people into criminals, and you will, and and just the sheer challenge of actually getting those guns, even if you wanted to pass this legislation, is just just
0: foolish. So, give it a what do you give it a grade? Well, before I give it a grade, you have to factor in another aspect of uh, guns in Weld's uh, point where he mentioned that no one on the terrorist watch list should be able to buy a gun. And we've talked about this before. There is no discernible process for how someone gets on the terrorist watch list, how they are notified of this, what kind of recourse they have. (laughs) So to say that a person is just uh, deprived of a constitutional right without due process because of some government, secret government list... That doesn't really fly as a uh, libertarian principle to my reading. So Um, I'm going to to factor that into my answer and give um, the Johnson-Weld campaign or ticket a John's off on the gun issue once again.
1: John's off from Rico on the guns. You know what? They actually, Bill Weld, on that same topic of lists, they double down again as he, he loves to talk about that thousand strong FBI task force all the time. They did it again in this debate, and Gary Johnson backed him up on it too, which is really annoying. But he mentioned the thousand strong, you know, FBI units, and he mentioned lists again. He mentioned that you know the guy who shot up the club in Orlando or was it Miami? I think it was well, anyway. That shot up the club in Orlando. He was on a watch list. We all know this. He was on an FBI watch list. Then they dropped him off because they had no good evidence to keep him on there. And Bill Weld goes, you know, that wouldn't happen. That would, that would never happen with us. You know, with the Mopulous, nobody ever got dropped. And when I, you know, if I'm in there, no one's getting dropped. And I'm like, well, that's great to know. Wonderful. <laughs> so and so if, if any reason I end up on a watch list, I'm there forever and ever and ever. Wonderful, Bill. And apparently I can't buy a gun.
0: It's great. Yeah. Uh, Gary um, kind of had a, a decent counterpoint. At a, I don't think it was right on the, the same question. But where he said, you know, look, if there's a lone wolf, you cannot stop a lone wolf 100 percent of the time it's just it's not possible things are going to happen and it's just in a small way a little refreshing to hear that a person say look we can't have an answer for everything as much as you know people sitting at home watching the show want the government to say i'm going to do this and you're never going to have to worry about an attack ever because we're going to we're going to kill isis we're going to you know wipe them off the face of the earth blah 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 that's not going to happen Okay, so, you know what? Reality. And at least Gary could admit reality on that particular issue. Yeah. point. Yeah, that is true.
1: I'm not going to give that a grade, but it's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, here's one that I think we can get behind. And we're already, oh, we're already 25 minutes in. My God. All right, here's what I think we can get behind. I really liked both of their answers on education. And what they said basically they asked about, you know, do you want to eliminate the Department of Education? Gary said, yes, I definitely want to eliminate it. He used an example about how inefficient it was, talking about New York sending 13 cents to the government and getting 11 cents back, but then you have to jump through hoops to get the, to get that money and spend 4 cents. I don't know if it actually is real math, by the way, <laughs> but he likes to talk about it. He always throws the same thing out, so I'm, I'm hoping somebody vetted it. But... He then made a really excellent point, and that point was that when you give states the freedom outside of government stomping down and saying it must be done this one way, you give them the freedom to try programs, that's when you get have see, okay, this is going to work. All these programs are doing better. Our kids are getting higher scores. Their graduation rates are up. They can have the freedom to try something, and if it works, other schools are going to adopt it. And if it doesn't work, you can look at it and say, well, let's not do that. That was fucking dumb.
0: Well, yeah, I I agree, obviously. Um, I I, I was once again annoyed with the question, questioner. Basically, the way it came off is like, well how are we going to know what to do if the federal government doesn't tell us? (laughs) You're a teacher and you need guidance from the federal government? Are you serious? (laughs) Every time he's
1: making a lesson plan, he writes his congressman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm thinking about having no homework this week. Is that cool? (laughs) Come on. You're supposed to be able to exercise some kind of independent judgment. That would be lovely. And the more local control is, the, the better. Like if, you know, I'm going to go talk to my teacher about my, you know, what my son's doing in class, I don't want to hear like, well, you know, my hands are tied, I, I, I have to do what the federal government tells me, you know, you want to say, look, this are these are my ideas, um, this is what I found to be effective in the past, and this is what I found to not work so well, and you're like, okay, that makes sense. But to have a, a government that you're never going to be able to talk to anyone, you're, you have no recourse about what they say, it's just, it's just ridiculous that people still think Let's have standards set forth by the federal government. And, and the only thing the federal government has proved over the years is no matter how much money they throw at something, it just gets wasted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, there's statistics that show the, in, in truth, the more money that's thrown at something by the government, the worse the outcome actually typically is. Because there's just that much more, you know, bureaucracy added on top that the money is just thrown away and wasted. Um, it also reminds me of a little bit totally different topics. But in regards to just this blanket, the government knows best. You look at minimum wage as a good example of a blanket, you know, saying, OK, everybody has to do this one thing and how at a local level it does not make any sense for many places. goes, you know, OK, you look at somewhere like Los Angeles. Maybe you can afford $15 minimum wage here. It's a mega you know, megalopolis. Then you go look at somewhere, some small town in Nevada. They well, can't afford at, $15 minimum wage. Actually,
0: as, it's a, sh- as, a, as a, uh, a Cleveland. Well, I'm a suburb of Cleveland. It, it's a very on. Uh, point topic because the city of Cleveland, there's a petition to institute a $15 minimum wage, which is such a problem. It's just in the city. But what the people petitioning just don't get is if the current minimum wage in Cleveland is like $7 or $8. So they're they're jumping almost double. doubling. Yeah. yeah, and, and it's only effective in the city limits. So all those small businesses are going to say, okay, we're, we're going to the suburbs. Yeah. We're going to move two miles down the road and Screw you guys. Yeah. It'll be even more of a ghost town than it is now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like people just don't get the economic realities, um, you can't just force something on businesses without there being re- repercussions.
1: Yeah, exactly right. I think it's interesting that Black Lives Matter, one of their things, and maybe this is... Well, you know what? Hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's finish up on education. I want to talk real quick about what Weld said, then we'll move on to Black Lives Matter because it ties in. So yes, good point, Rico, about uh, how education needs to be brought down to local level and how that's better because you can customize it. But Weld had a great statement, too, which I liked on this, and I was a little surprised, but he said that, you know, brick and mortar colleges, four year colleges aren't the answer. We need more Votech. We need more job centric schools. We don't need colleges cranking out grads who aren't going to get jobs. And I thought, bravo, Bill. It's one of the few things you've ever said I've agreed with you with.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know if, uh, when I was listening to his answer, I kind of thought he was implying the government should be. And maybe I was just misread what he was saying, but I I took it as like the government needs to look into providing vocational training or or whatever. So I I, I don't know if that's what he, he meant. Maybe I just made that up out of thin air, but that's kind of the impression I got. So. I was
1: okay see I was I didn't get that impression I got more of the impression and maybe I'm just reading into it and projecting what I wanted him to say onto it but I read it as more him countering the whole push by like Hillary Clinton wants to add cuz he mentioned her 1.2 trillion she's going to add to the to the budget. And I think maybe this is pushing back against the concept of everybody's got to go to college. You know, that whole platform and the whole Bernie platform, everybody, you know, free college for everybody, free community college for everybody. And just saying that's not for everybody. Not everybody should go to college. You know, there's more pe- people should look at these other schools, these two year schools. I don't think he was saying the government, it's the government's role to do that, especially, you know, when they're talking about getting rid of the Department of Education. I'm, I'm guessing Bill's not saying, well, we should be involved in Secondary education, though.
0: Yeah, that would be good if if that was his uh, message. But I know where you're going to go with the Black Lives Matter. So that could tie into what I was saying that his intent was on that statement,
1: if that Hmm, makes sense. Interesting. So, well, I guess I don't know what you're going to say next. So I'm going to, on education, give it
0: a Johnson. I will also give it a Johnson um, with a little bit less enthusiasm. than you.
1: I just like to do it. That's
0: general life as well.
1: (laughs) All right, so we're going to move on to Black Lives Matter, but unfortunately, guys, we're also going to move on to the land of Liberty Make Believe.
0: All right, Charlie.
1: Neighborhood of Make Believe. Yes, welcome to the Land of Liberty Make-Believe, everybody. Rico, this is your first trip to the Land of Liberty Make-Believe. What do you think? What do you think of our beautiful land? I love it. It's yeah?
0: like I'm on shrooms.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, Gary Johnson must have been on shrooms when he was talking about Black Lives Matter. Now, what's funny, though, is that he starts off Black Lives Matter because, you know, there was a woman in the crowd who was who was a protester and, and uh, got shot in the leg protesting for Black Lives Matter, which, of course, is awful. It shouldn't happen when you're peacefully protesting. Uh, She asked him about Black Lives Matter and what the movement meant and how it affected him. And and Gary started off pretty strong, I thought. Basically, Gary said, well, my head was in the sand. Uh, Everybody's head was in the the sand. So this is a wake-up call that discrimination exists and it has existed. So it was slap, slap, wake up. And I think under the circumstances with a very tough question, that was a pretty decent answer. What did you think of that?
0: Um. Okay, well, I'll point out this was one of the questioners that I I really didn't mind. I thought it was a a valid question. But how is his head in the sand that racism didn't exist? He was the governor of a state. This never happened in New Mexico. Where's he been?
1: Doing math and doing pot in New Mexico, man. It's just right in front of you.
0: (laughs) I thought it was a little bizarre to say, like, his head was in the sand. You're the leader of a state. One of your principal uh, jobs is to be cognizant of all these issues affecting different, you know, subsets of the population.
1: (laughs) I hear what you're saying, but it's like it's one of those tricky questions, though, where I mean, his answer, I think, was a very politically uh, correct answer in that it's basically saying, oh, you know what this? Yes, there definitely is stuff. And he's talked about justice reform before and he talked about during this as well, which was good. But you know, He's basically saying, yes, it's a problem. Yes, there's still racism in America, uh, but I didn't realize to what extent. And your movement has really opened my eyes. So he doesn't have to go into too many details about it, which is probably good for him. So I don't know. I just thought it was a, a good way of answering that question and basically just being like, here you go. Um, here's, here's a snack, and I'm going to move on to a new thing.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a very uh, deep no. response. But I, I guess. You
1: but he, he got away without getting any black eyes. That's, a, a don't, that's not a pun. <laughs> um, but then, and here's where we're going to the land of liberty, make-believe people. Then he went on to say, actually, I'm sorry, Weld went on to say, and of course, they are my buddies. So we have to talk about them. That there's a national emergency going on right now because male black youths are out of work. They're four times more likely to be jailed if encountered in law enforcement situations, which, of course, is horrible. And that there's, you know, they're not getting educations. So then Bill Wells said they had to, quote unquote, concentrate the power of government to make sure they can get jobs. It's the job of government to respond, libertarian or no. What horrible the fuck? Are you new dealing us over here? Like, what the hell is that? Are you gonna massive projects going out there? Public works? Are we building building bridges? We're gonna build some monuments. We're gonna put some grass down in the center medians and give people twenty dollars an hour? Like, what the hell are you talking about?
0: It's a horrible, horrible answer on a few different levels. First, just on the specific issue, the federal government is not. A, a job creator it, it just doesn't work that way Which okay. Gary
1: Johnson says all the damn time Bill Wells loves to undermine you know, It's like Gary Johnson always says that The government can't create jobs
0: <laughs> So it's it's horrible on that level And on a, a broader level It's saying, look, if there's a really Tough question, well pff, Fuck our libertarian principles We're going to be a big government And yeah. so it's like, wait a minute you know, you're supposed to champion the idea of, you know, people being able to kind of pursue their own destinies, so to speak. And but now you're, you're saying, no, federal government's getting involved if uh, we think it's a big deal. So
1: yeah. when the going gets tough, the tough get more government. Exactly. That's Bill Wells bumper sticker. <laughs> so for that, what are you going to give it, Rico? John's off. John's off is right. Ugh God. Started off decent, ended up terrible. Just tragic. All right, let's see. We're running a little long.
0: I'm gonna try to We, we gotta talk about the marijuana.
1: Yes. I'll say let that that'll be the two things. We'll wrap it up. We'll talk we'll talk marijuana and then we're gonna talk in my favorite part of the entire
0: show. Oh, well, I'm interested to hear what that is. Well <laughs> one, know. uh the marijuana lady was so annoying to me she was really annoying but you know what I give her credit more
1: than a lot of people she at least had some idea what she was talking about which was nice you know like she at least knew what CBD was and it wasn't the same as THC because most people that step up they're just like what are we gonna do about the children and they have no fucking clue what they're (laughs) talking about
0: I don't understand what her point was she's like well what are we gonna do about high potency strain it's like we're not advocating five year olds um (laughs) Get a bong and have unlimited access to the dispensary, okay? But she kept going on and on, like, "Well, what about the high potency? What about the high potency?" It's like, get off of it, okay? Uh, I don't like Gary's answer. He seemed to kind of skirt the issue. At one point, he ignored it, and then he said, "Well, we need R and D, blah blah blah." That's not the answer, no. OK, yeah, research and development is great, but that's not the point. The point is government should not be regulating it in the first place. Right. Uh, and he just not only marijuana, but other drugs. But he's so far removed from going down that road. And it's very disappointing as a libertarian candidate to not just be able to say, look, it's not something that the federal government it all needs to be. Um, regulating, much less the state governments. So
1: Yeah, exactly. When also just making the point that, you know, in the free market, we, if it's completely legal and it's out there, people are going to put it out there on the market. They're going to have the potencies listed because there's different grades of marijuana. And you educate people about it and say, okay, yes, yeah, just like anything else. You look at your alcohol, it's got a certain amount of alcohol in it. You know, this is stronger and that's weaker. That's the free market. It's not like these people aren't going to get it. You know, kids are going to get it, except now they're getting in the black market. So they don't know how strong it is. That's where you're going to see kids, you know, getting more fucked up than they expect to be fucked up. So that's, I mean, that talk about that a little bit more. You know, it's like they can see <laughs> they can see the actual potency listed on the container instead of just talking to a guy in an alley that's like, this weed's called Brain Raper. And they're like, oh, it sounds wonderful, you
0: know? It seems like such an easy answer, too, for... For a libertarian candidate, and for but, a hothead libertarian candidate, seriously, and he just won't even go down the. It should be legal. It's well, he wanted to remove it. For, it's not a schedule, whatever it is. He wants to kind of reduce it, but it's not. It's not good enough. What his answer is, it's just not. It. It, sh- it should be an easy answer for him, and he's just so wishy-washy about it, and it's very frustrating.
1: That's the story of the evening, in truth. I mean, it, like I said earlier, he did better in this one. They came across better and less awkward, but it's still, it's, that's the the thing in all of He should be able to answer all of these better, more coherently, hit the points better. Like people were talking about, again, in our forum, they were talking about how Anderson Cooper was expressing the ideas of libertarianism better than Gary Johnson was just reading off the cue cards about the libertarian platform, like from the website.
0: <laughs> you know? yeah. Maybe they should be like, "Hey, uh, can we borrow those cue cards?" It sounded like <laughs> you really know what you're talking about, and we could use some help.
1: Gary's trying to read the reflection in Anderson Cooper's cool blue eyes to get a little little hint. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, John's off. I agree, John's off. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up with something a little bit more fun. And I feel bad we didn't really get to go into uh, into the mine weld at all. It's just too hard to do. So people, just maybe I'll play it at the end of the show, just so you can you can on your own just get a get a nice bottle of bourbon, stick your head deep in the freezer, and just inhale the, the alcohol fumes as you go into the mine weld. Because we won't be doing it on the show. But we will wrap up with something equally fun. And that was a question that came towards the end from a libertarian, from libertarian Michael Bernstein. And I have to say, a massive amount of respect for this guy. This guy stood up and in a very gravelly voice, which I wish I could find the clip. I couldn't pull the clip. I can't find a YouTube to pull it from. But in a very gravelly voice, asked about Gary Johnson's positions on deeper libertarian issues that aren't really raised much. And then asked about this. He goes, so, you know, what do you think about legalizing uh, the sex industry? (laughs)
0: <laughs> He's like, I know. I've been having trouble ever since they went to a chip card. <laughs> it's really <laughs> – it was so unexpected and
1: so funny. And it's like the guy, it's like, you know you're on national TV, right, man? Like, you're asking <laughs> about legal – that's the one question you're asking, legalization of sex work? Now, granted, I think that is an important issue. I think you probably would agree because there's – you know, take it out of the back alleys, legalize it. It's women can do what they want with their own damn bodies. If they want to sell them, good. You can probably make a very good living off it and you know keep it out in the open it's like cleaner ratings everything's great but this guy to ask it wow good job yeah. man <laughs> now gary though he completely fucked the answer up though um you know he was saying oh you know it's a it's a state issue which is fine i guess but then he was saying oh you know that's but that was it he just basically left it that he goes well you know i would never you know i would never do it but you know i'd go to nevada there because it's safe but it's like again answer it better Talk more about the issue. Explain why it's more beneficial if it's legal. Explain why the women are safer if it's legal. Explain why everybody's safer if it's legal. It's just like he stops short every time.
0: So I, I don't know if it's a matter of him not just understanding the the overall issue or just not wanting to be you know too extreme um, or, or perhaps a little bit of both because it, the whole they seem to be kind of uh, positioning their campaign as like a centrist type of thing. Like, well, we're, we're kind of good on the Repu- some Republican issues. We're kind of good on some Democratic issues. So we're just kind of like the Venn diagram where they overlap. Come on, that's us. And they don't want to uh, appear or say anything very controversial even if it's correct. Yeah. And that seems to be where they came down on this issue too. Are you unable to are unable or unwilling to articulate yeah. you know exactly why, you know the the status quo is is bad.
1: Yeah, I th- yeah, man, I think you're right. I think that's exactly it. They don't want to piss anybody off. And it's funny because in an election where it, the blustery big statements are uh, all the rage, they seem to be going, "You know what? As long as we just shut up and stay in the middle and stay pretty much okay and people can find some stuff they like out of us we have a shot and they might be right I hope they're right you know
0: well Anderson Cooper pointed out at the beginning though they're like well last time you were at 9% and uh, this time you're (laughs) at 9% so I don't know maybe it's time to try something a little bit more daring Yeah, yeah
1: exactly so for the sex work I give them a jaunts off
0: I agree. Again, John's off.
1: And one more quick thing. We don't have to give—actually, I'm giving a John's off for this, too. Spoiler alert, this is a John's off in advance. They talked about obesity at the end. We don't need it. I don't need your commentary on this, Rico. I'm just going to talk about it. (laughs) But they talked about obesity at the end, and Gary Johnson, he goes, Well, you know, I, I really applaud Michelle Obama, and that pissed me off to no extent. Because Michelle Obama, as most people know, pushed through all these horrible lunch programs that gave kids not enough food to eat, cost way more money, and everybody pretty unanimously said, this is horrible. Children all over the United States were posting pictures of their horrible, horrible food on Instagram saying, this is ridiculous, I'm starving all day long, I can't get enough food, and it tastes like shit. And he's like, good job, I can't wait for my fiancé to to tend my Michelle garden. So fuck you, Gary. (laughs) Ditto. There you go. All right, man. Well, that's it. I, you know, I got to wrap this up. Rico, do you have any final statements to take our listeners home with?
0: I think we've kind of harped on it a bunch. Um, they're just not articulating a libertarian principles um, very well to me. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're you're grading on a curve, they're they're like an A plus compared to Trump and Clinton. If you're grading in a vacuum as far as how they articulate, you know, really what most libertarians feel, or at least a good majority, I think they're at like a D. Um, and couple that lack of articulation with not very dynamic personalities. Yeah. It's, it's just like – I just keep thinking, God, if only – these candidates were here four years. You know, Trump and Clinton were four years ago, and, and Ron Paul was running as a libertarian. Oh. There might have been a chance. But, yeah, would have killed him, especially on the know, foreign intervention. Oh my God! Uh, you know, someone who actually knows what they're talking about, and yeah, yeah. but these are the candidates we got, folks. So
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, deal with them. Well, here's the count from today. My rough count, as we've been talking, I have two Johnsons. And a terrible 7 Johns jaunts-offs.
0: Oh, boy, oh, boy, man. Pathetic. Uh, well, well, I guess we'll see how their, their numbers stay at 9%.
1: <laughs> 9.2%. Huge 0.2% gain. All right, guys, well, that's going to do it for this show. We went a little bit longer than usual, but this was a town hall event, so... Trust me, we, uh, we tried as hard as we could to keep it short But I thank you all for listening along I thank my guest, the always incredibly insightful legal counsel Mr. Rico Esquire Word You can find all of the Lions of Liberty podcasts at lionsofliberty.com And as Mark always likes to do, let's take it out Live
0: long And live free